Happy 10-year anniversary. It's fun stuff. Hey, so I know we've had a, a great uh, weekend and some things going on behind the scene and, and just uh, worshiping of God for what he's done. I just want to take just a minute and, and some of you say, oh no, we're going to appreciate somebody again. But I really believe in honoring people. And so this person, I, I just want to say thank you. Without them, the last 10 years would not have happened. Without them, um, many, many of the, the miracles along the way would not have happened. And so would you help me in giving an awesome, awesome coastline thank you to Jesus Christ? Come on. That's what I'm talking about. Jesus, there is power in the name of Jesus. Jesus, the lover of my soul. Jesus, the friend of sinners. Jesus, the one the religious couldn't stand. Jesus, the one the sinners couldn't understand. Jesus, the one who was and is and is to come. The Alpha and the Omega, the, the line of the tribe of Judah. Jesus, Jesus, the Messiah. Jesus, our Savior. Jesus, the life changer. It's not just a name. It's not just a, a name that you put, put behind honk if you love. It is, he is our Savior. Everything we know was created in him and through him. We're in this room today because of the grace and mercy of God through the person of Jesus Christ. Coastline will always uphold that name, Jesus. He is the Savior of the world. That's what we're celebrating today. We're celebrating the fact that that we're still here and we're still here because of the grace of God. So, in saying that, I thought we'd talk about Jesus, the original pioneer. Jesus, the original pioneer. Now, I had 10 points, one for each year. But, but they made me cut it back. They mean in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Because they created the clock. See, if you would have came last night, you would have got all 10. I'm, just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Jesus, the uh, original pioneer. So let's get into this. I'm not going to tell you how many I have, but it's not 10. Number one, Jesus pioneered the word coming alive. John 1, 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Jesus pioneered the word of God becoming alive. In the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. And so here you have this idea of Jesus Christ becoming flesh and dwelling among us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. I'm so, so proud to be a part of a church in its DNA. It always leans back on the word of God. If you ever have an issue with theology with this church and you want to come meet with me, I'm always going to open the Bible and go to the Bible. I, I don't know probably as much as you do, and there's probably a lot of smarter people in this room. But what I do know is I know how to read, and I know this book is to be read, and I read it. And Coastline will always stand up on the principle of the Bible. It is God-breathed. It is perfect from beginning to end. You can't just take the places where it says, oh, God, I like that. You're going to bless me, but I, I don't like that part where you're telling me I can't shack up with that person. Oh, I like this part, but I don't, no, no, you got to take it all. But if you, if you want to give it all, if you want to give all yourself, you got to take all of his love letter to you. Jesus, the, I've used this illustration before. Jesus, the, the teacher, 
The teacher stepping out from behind the desk. The teacher walking among the students. Anybody ever have that, that really cool teacher? They were cool, but you respected them. Right? I had a few of those. The rest of my teachers wanted me annihilated. <laughs> but but I, I have one, one Coach Maxwell. And he, 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 he was a great teacher, but I respected him. But he would watch your progress, and if he knew, and test day was coming up, obviously, and, and that's why there's still prayer in schools, because we're still having tests. We all know this. And so, so, but he would watch, and if you'd been doing your part, and if you'd been, been studying, then he might walk out from behind the desk during the test, and he might lean over my shoulder and say, hey, Jason, you might want to rethink number five. That's a good teacher. And in my case, a lot of times it was like, and 12, 17, 19, and 24. But that's what Jesus did for us. Jesus came out from the palatial kingdom of heaven. He was born of a virgin into this earth, and he walked us and lived a sinless life. This idea of the word of God. Jesus pioneered the word of God coming alive. Rain and I moved here 10 years ago with our two kids, and we started the church in our home. And, and whenever you, you have an organization, there's an organizational, that's what I, all my schooling is in, is organizational leadership. There's a term called assessed value. And assessed value is when you would look at an organization, a church, if you will, and you would say, what does this church have to offer me and my family? Do they have a gym? Do they have a workout facility? Do they, do they have programs for my kids? Do they have, you know, what, what do they have that's going to make my life better because I'm going to pour my resource, my time into that organization? It's called assessed value. So, so when Rain and I moved here, <clears throat> we didn't have a gym. <laughs> we had, check this picture. This is a picture, this is a picture of me and Raina. <laughs> this is in our backyard after the first Sunday at our house. And you know what just makes me so upset about this picture? Is she hadn't changed. I am decrepit now. Look at her. She looks the same. Miss Jones saw this picture for the first time Friday night. We were celebrating together as a staff. She said, Jason, you look like a little punk. She meant every word of it. You can take that down. <laughs> So, so needless to say, we had no assessed value, but let me tell you what we did have. We had the word of God. We had the word of God. We had the way, the truth, and the life. We had Jesus Christ, and God had put it upon my heart years ago that if I would preach the word of God and preach for him and not any other man, just for him, that people would always come, and there's not been one Sunday since that fifth Sunday that Coastline's not had a, a, a first-time visitor ever, 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 ever. Why is that? Because the word of God. In spite of ourselves. I mean, I read every church planning book. I talked to every church planner. I had a plan, and I'm not even a planner, and I had a plan. We're going to move to Melbourne Beach, Florida, and we're going to find a storefront, and we're going to throw a big sign up that says Jesus, and we're going to start preaching, and people are going to come, and before you know it, la, 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 la. No, it didn't happen. Raina came out of her bedroom one day and she said, I got it. And I said, what? She said, let's just start. I said, okay, where? She said, here. So we did. We started in our home. We started our home for four weeks. I, I preached to, to my family. In the fifth week, Eric and Kim came. And from there on, the story just keeps evolving. And, and, I, and, and I say that to say this. 
All we've done is preach the word of God. It's perfect. It's sharp. It's alive. It's active. It's alive. It will get in you. It will change you. It, it, it's, it, it is a change factor. It's, it's a lot. The Bible says in Hebrews, it's alive. It's active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. And that's what Jesus did. He pioneered the word coming alive. He pioneered for us. He lived the word out in front of us. That, and, and then he, it was left all of the deeds. Not all of the deeds because there's not enough books in this world to record everything that he's done. But, but we have a snapshot of his life in the Bible. And so the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Number two, Jesus pioneered abundant life. John 10.10, 10, this is the amplified version. The thief comes only, the thief meaning the devil, comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have, they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance. In other words, to the full till it overflows. Jesus pioneered abundant life. Think about this just for a second. I don't know about, I grew up in church. I grew up in church and I, you know, I, I have great memories of growing up in church. I actually, I got more whoopings at church than I did anywhere because I, I remember these Sunday night services and these evangelists would come through town. Anybody remember this? Show your age. All right. When there were still Sunday night service, these evangelists, not the missionaries, not the mission, not the, that's a camel. That's a snake. <laughs> missionaries used to come through town and be like, that's another camel. <laughs> Can you please give to our mission? <laughs> anyway, but the, the, the evangelists would come through town, man, and they would be preaching fire and hell and brimstone. And man, by the time you're done, you're like, I am worthless. And if it's fun, it's wrong. And, and you can almost get that mentality of, oh my, is it okay to laugh at church? Is it okay to? Jesus modeled abundant life. He, everywhere Jesus, you read the Bible, and there was Jesus and there were multitudes. And Jesus had to get in the boat because there were multitudes. And the crowds pressed in on him because there were multitudes. Jesus was and is amazingly attractive if you get to know the real Jesus. And the only way you can do that is through the word of God. Jesus pioneered abundant life. I look across this room right now, and unfortunately, I don't know all of you uh, as well as I would like to. It's just, that's just the, the nature of where our church is headed. But I look around, and, and I see some of you that do fun stuff together, and I, I actually get to do some fun stuff with some of you in this room and, and get to spend time outside of Sunday, and, and it's abundant life. And what's so cool, I, like, some of you uh, across the room, I can see fish together, I know, or, or, you, or you do, you go hunting together, or maybe play golf together, or maybe you, you uh, go diving together, or maybe you go shopping together, which uh, I don't see how that can be spiritual, but... <laughs> But there's a common, there's a common bond there. My wife says, yes, he can. I went shopping the other day and prayed for a good parking spot and I got one. More time to spend money. I'm just kidding. Anyway. But, but what, what's awesome is, is there's a common bond of Jesus Christ. Maybe some of you ride together. Maybe some, whatever it is that you do. But there's that bond of Jesus. There's that time of prayer. That's that, there's that sitting around a campfire where you know that the other person understands where, what you might be walking through in your life. And that you're both leaning on Jesus to get through the next season of your life. And it can be abundant. Jesus pioneered abundant life. Steve referenced the wedding miracle in abundance. The miracles that Jesus did with the fish and the bread. It was always stuff left over because he was extravagant. He was abundant. Jesus modeled an abundant life. For the thief wants to steal that. He wants to kill it. He wants to destroy it. But Jesus came so that we, you and I, can have life and have it to the full. You can sleep when you die. Have some fun. 
Amen? The Christian journey should be far from, from boring. If you're bored in your faith right now, or if you were raised where uh, re- Jesus is just this thing you do on Sunday, oh my friend, please, please go deeper and understand who Jesus Christ is. It will change your life forever. Change the way you live. And no longer is it your life, it's his life. And no longer is it a boring life, it's an abundant life because he came that we might have that. How do we, how do we have that? Number three, Jesus pioneered the fruit of the spirit. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. Read it with me. But the fruit, come on, of the spirit is against such things there is no law. Jesus comes, the word becomes flesh, and now we understand that Jesus lived this out before us. I'm so, I'm so proud of all of you. When, when, when I travel, which I try not to do much anymore, but I, I still do some, and I travel and I go speak at different places, people ask me about you, and I brag on you all the time. I, I say they're the, the greatest people you'll ever meet in your life. They're the nicest people you'll ever meet in your life. And when we have people come and visit here, the first thing they say is, why, everybody was so nice to me. Why is everybody smiling? Where's the secret room with the Kool-Aid? What's going on here? Seriously, everyone says that. Why is everyone so? Let me tell you why. Because it's in the DNA of who we are. Because we've taught the word of God. Because Jesus modeled the word of God. It's the fruit of the spirit. People call me all the time. Hey man, I'm planting a church. Or hey, I'm, I'm doing a church growth seminar where you come speak. No, I'm, I can't come speak. But would you give me 30 minutes on the phone? Sure, I'll give you 30 minutes on the phone. What are you guys doing? Well, we're opening the book. We're teaching the book. We're loving people. And we're having an abundant life. That only took two minutes. I've got to see later. Bye. (laughs) Jesus pioneered the fruit of the spirit. How many of you ever had one of those days where Christ Christian journey wise, you nailed it. You ever had one of those days? Don't be proud. Don't raise your hand. (laughs) But, but like, you know, you wake up, check, get out of bed, check, have your quiet time, read read your Bible, pray, get ready for work. You thank God you're getting ready for work, for a job that he gave you. Even though it might not be going great, you're going to thank him anyway. You leave the house without causing someone there to lose their joy, and nobody calls you to you lose your joy. Then you, then you show up to work, and, and that demonic boss of yours says something that just would usually just tick you off, and he says something unkind, but you respond in kindness. And then you, you do something nice for somebody after lunch, and you bring them a Starbucks because you know they love Starbucks. And then on the way home from work, somebody pulls right in front of you and cuts you off and, 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 and you don't do, use sign language because you know you got a bigger coastline sticker on your car now. People are watching. You know, we have that temptation to lay down or, or put our heads on the pillow that night and be like, I killed it. I am good. Friend, I'm going to tell you two things. You got to wake up again the next day. And you didn't hit all these because the only one who ever did on a daily basis for his entire life was Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ pioneered the fruit of the spirit. If you if you're struggling in parenting, read Galatians 5, 22 through 23. And don't you dare tell your kids to act that way unless you're willing to. Mmm. Mmm. Selah. 
<laughs> Number four, Jesus pioneered freedom for all. Jesus pioneered freedom for all. I want to talk to you. John eight thirty six says, so if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. So if the son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. All right, so let's talk about two types of freedom that we're all in need of. We're, we're, we're in need of spiritual freedom because we're all going to spend eternity somewhere if you believe this book, which we do. And we're, we're in need of freedom while we walk the face of this earth from the things that the enemy would use to kill, steal, and destroy our destiny in God. So let's talk about spiritual healing first. And, and so you take this idea of Jesus pioneering freedom. See, that Jesus had to come. He had to be born of a virgin. He had to live a sinless life. He had to present himself to God holy. He had to fulfill the law because you and I couldn't. Therefore, we'll learn in a minute, we have peace with God because we have faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. So he came and he pioneered spiritual freedom for us. The only way to spend eternity with God in heaven is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. I know that's narrow, Matter of fact, you know how I know it's narrow? Because the Bible says it's a narrow road. I know it's not a popular to tell your friends that you believe that. I know it's not whatever you want to call it, but agenda-wise, but I'm telling you it's the truth. He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. And he came, he lived, he died, they placed him in a grave, he rose out of that grave, and when he did, freedom was given spiritually. You can know that you know that you know today before you leave here that you're right with God. People ask me all the time. It is, it, it's a, a laughable question almost these days. People ask me, why do you ask people if they're saved every Sunday? I'm like, are you serious? But so now I just have fun with the question. And I won't tell you any of my answers because one of you will ask me this next week. If you can't ask people at church, where are you going to ask them? Friday night, we went to one of my favorite restaurants and we, we rented out the upstairs with the staff, and we just celebrated 10 years. Blood, sweat, tears, funny stories. We shed some tears. We laughed. We, we had a great time. Just one of those times where it, it, it was just fun. It was just great. And whenever you're in ministry with someone, there's just a bond there. there there's a bond that you, you carry for your whole life. And, and so we're laughing and cutting up. And, and you know, the, waiter, the, the waiters there were unbelievable. The service was amazing. But you know, not one time did my waiter ask me if I knew Jesus. He asked me, you want it rare, medium rare, well done, or cooked, beyond recognition. But he didn't ask me if I knew Jesus. I said, Jason, why in the world are you saying that? Well, the world's not going to ask people if they know Jesus. If the church don't ask them, who's going to ask them? And yes, every time in every ministry that Coastline has on a weekly basis, people are going to be asked and given an opportunity to be set free spiritually. And if that offends you, I am so sorry. But I would rather offend you than stand before God one day and say, I let one or two people intimidate me out of asking a group of people if they knew Jesus, we will always give people a chance to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, period. Second, second, people will say, well, doesn't it disappoint you when nobody raises their hand? That's not my job. It's my job to give an opportunity. Second freedom. So if the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. So you get saved, but the things of this world still has their claws in you. 
See, we live in a fallen world. When you get saved, you're set free and you're redeemed spiritually. You're, turned, you're made into a new creation. But the way that you have been trained up to think is the ways of the world. That's why the Bible says, no longer conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the reading of the word of God. See, that's why I'm so excited about building this building. It's because we're actually going to have classrooms that's not a kitchen. And if you don't attend here off regularly, our only classroom is our kitchen. And so we're going to have a place where we can teach people about the word of God. Right now, at Tuesday night recovery group that you heard about that was on the screen from some of those testimonies, it is amazing. There's no judgment at Coastline. Don't think you're the only one here hiding things and dealing with daily dysfunctional addictions in your life. Get it out there in the open because there's, there's other of us in this Megan story still to this day. I mean, it, it just grabs me. Raina and I are sitting there crying together and Shane's story. I, I can't imagine sitting down and doing a line of crystal meth with my mom. Unfortunately, I can imagine doing one before I was saved, but not with my mom. And that story could be told hundreds, if not thousands, uh, uh, up and down the space coast, over and over and over again. And Jesus came to pioneer freedom. My friend, if you will allow him, he'll set you free. Now, it might be a process, and it might take some hard work, and you might have to let pride go. But if you'll put your part in, uh, Jesus is the ultimate poker player. He'll always see you and raise you one. You draw near to him, he's going to draw near to you. Jesus pioneered freedom for all. Number five, Jesus pioneered faith. I love this, Hebrews 12 too. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Wow. Wow. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. We have a saying here at Coastline. It goes like this. If you don't quit, if you don't quit, you can't lose. If you don't quit, you can't lose. In other words, keep going, man. Sun's going to come up tomorrow. Either Jesus is coming back tonight or sun will come up tomorrow. Either way, you win. If you, if you don't quit. If you don't quit, you can't lose. Fixing our, and how do we do that? We fix our eyes on Jesus. Why? Because he's the pioneer and perfecter of faith. See, before Jesus came and did what he did, faith had not been perfected. He pioneered the perfection of faith. He pioneered a, a, a way for us to have peace with God through putting faith in him. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What was that joy? It was you and I. You and I were that joy. You and I were that joy. You and I being restored back to a rightful relationship with God. That was Jesus. That's why I prayed in the garden, not my will, but your will would be done, Father. That was his joy. The joy, what, what pushed him to endure the cross, what pushed him to endure that shame. He could have called upon on thousands and thousands and thousands of angels, the Bible says, but he didn't. He stayed on the cross. And, and, and in this idea, why did he do that? He did it for you and I so that we could be restored back to a rightful relationship with God. Don't give up. Don't quit. Can I tell you how many days I've wanted to quit this? You know how many Monday mornings I've resigned? And then I hire myself back. <laughs> and she kicks me out of the house. So you ain't got to go to work, but you can't stay here. No, seriously, throughout the years, but, but faith, not quitting. I'm going to show you a picture. Let me show you a picture real quick. That's the fifth Sunday in our home. That's the fifth Sunday in our home. That little boy, the, the uh, toehead blonde in the back, he's 20, she's 20 years old now. My daughter over to the right in the back, 
She's married. He's given us our first grandchild. He's the greatest grandbaby ever born. Anyone that says difference, I will have words with. They're all great, aren't they? And my wife still looks the same. Takes me off. You, you, you can take that down. Why am, I, why am I showing you that? Faith. Faith. Faith and persistence. Faith and Look, if you don't quit, you can't lose. Jesus modeled that. He pioneered faith for us. So on the days that you feel like quitting, on the days when you feel beat down, on the days when you feel like going backwards, on the days when you feel like just saying, you know what, I give up, don't quit, because if you don't quit, you can't lose. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, because there will be days you feel like quitting. There'll be days you feel like quitting on your marriage. Don't quit. If you don't quit, can't lose. There'll be days you feel like quitting on your kids. There'll be multiple days you feel like quitting on your kids. Don't do it, because if you don't quit, you can't lose. So, so how do we, we keep our eyes on Jesus? We keep, the, he pioneered faith. He perfected faith. We're sitting here in this room today because of the faith. L- listen to this just for a moment. We're doing this pioneering again initiative, and we're asking you, people who, who normally may not give because it's just foreign to you, we're asking you, we, we need everyone to be involved. Do you know before Rain and I left Tennessee, there were these little cards. And we took those little cards all over the state of Tennessee and preached in these little bitty churches. And there's these little bitty old ladies and old men and young married couples. And they didn't know you from Adam and they'll never meet you until we, we get to heaven. And they filled out a card for Raina and I. And it would say something like, maybe some of them said, $25 a month, I will support you for the next two years. When you move a thousand miles from home and you don't have a job, $25 a month, I can tell you what it bought then. It bought three loaves of bread, a bunch of peanut butter and jelly. It bought uh, ramen noodles. And it bought what we would do for breakfast. Grits. I think we did grits. Yeah, oatmeal and grits. Why am I saying that? I'm saying it because people had faith in you and they didn't even know you. <clears throat> Think about the idea of you being able to have faith now for the, and leave a legacy for the generation to come. That's what Jesus did for us. We can live a God, Christ-like life because Jesus pioneered faith for us. Number six. I told you there weren't ten, but there might be nine. Okay, okay. Jesus pioneered grace. And aren't you thankful for that? Jesus pioneered grace. Romans 5, 1 through 2, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, faith in who, Jesus? We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, verse 2, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Back to the point. Jesus pioneered grace. So this idea of being at peace with God comes through us putting our faith in Jesus Christ. And then, and then verse 2 goes on to say, we st- and therefore we now stand. We've, we've gained access by faith into this grace. In other words, we've walked inside. We stand inside. We're, we, we've, given, we've been given a VIP pass inside of grace. And now we, we stand. We can stand on that grace. <clears throat> we can't abuse that grace, but we can stand on it. And so he, Jesus, back to the point, Jesus pioneered grace. I, I do think that many times... The church swings way far one way to Graceland. Not really Graceland, I'm from Memphis. <laughs> the church may swing to a land of grace, and sometimes they, they may swing way too far over, being to, over here being judgmental. And so if you're in my shoes, sometimes you hesitate to talk about grace a lot, 
Because some people take grace as a, just to go do whatever you want to do, and God's not, that, no, that's not what that is. But we do need to realize grace. I mentioned to you that I grew up in church, and I think I already mentioned that to you in this service. Um, and, and, and so I, I got more whippings at church than I got anywhere else ever for misbehaving in church. And so, so this, this idea of, and I don't know, I know a lot of people don't believe in spanking these days, and that, that's up to you. It's your kids. It's fine. That's on, that's on you. You let me know how that works out for you. <laughs> but it's totally your decision. Um, but, so, but I can, I can remember growing up and, and I got spanked and deservingly. So listen, I was that kid. Do, do you remember parachute pants? Show your age. Show your age. Okay. That's, yep. We're rocking it. So, so parachute pants, for those of you who are really old or really young, parachute pants were these really thin pants and they were like plastic and they had zippers all over them. And they're the coolest things ever because then you do the pink, pink, pink roll at the bottom with your, with your loafers. Yeah. Yeah, all right, y'all aren't getting this. Anyway, the point is they're very thin. Listen, I used to go to school with like, I wanted to look cool so I'd have parachute pants on, but I would put like four or five pair of underwear on under the parachute pants because I knew I was going to get spanked. They still spanked in school those days. I knew I was going to get spanked. I went expecting to get spanked. (laughs) I raised one just like me. He's, he's still, he's still good. He's all right. Anyway, anyway, so was talking about grace. Jesus pioneered grace. And I, I can remember doing things, just stupid things, man. When you're, when you're 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, or well, even in your sixties, we all still do stupid things, but, but you just do stupid, stupid things when you're a teenager. And I can remember, especially early teens, I, I can remember in the later teens, the law gets involved. In the early teens, dad's still around. I can remember, I remember doing something so stupid, so stupid. But you know, it's not the times I remember when my dad, I knew that I deserved to, I, I thought this is it. And you know, and I'd hear the car pull up and both my parents are very hardworking people. So I never knew when my dad was going to get home. And it would seem like most days I'd gotten in really bad trouble and my mom knew about it. And she said, wait till your dad gets home. It's like he had to work late every time. And so I would try to act like I was asleep. I'd hear him come in the door. I'd hear the keys hit the counter. I'd hear And you're just like, oh man. And, but I, I knew in my heart I deserved it. But you know, out of all the times that my dad spanked me, it, which by the way, never did out of anger. Um, parents are the ones that needed to learn the timeout rule. <laughs> anyway, so, so, but here are the times I really remember. I probably remember them because I did get spanked. But either way, I can remember him multiple times walking in my room going, what'd you do? And I knew he already knew what I did. Because I heard the chatter downstairs. But, but, you know, it's confession time. I guess, you know, it's good for the soul. It's not good for... And so, what'd you do? And, and I'm thinking, I, you know what I already did, but not, they're going to say that. So I tell him what I did. And he looked at... And I can remember the times he looked at me, instead of saying, roll over, he'd say, do you know how stupid that sounds? Like, let me just tell you back what you just told me. And I want you to listen. And do you really... Like, that is the... Stu- Jason, you can't do that. Like, you can't do... Like, normal people don't do that. <laughs> Knowing I had four or five friends with me that did the same thing, but I didn't tell them that either. <laughs> My parents were praying people. They found out about everything. 
Anyway, so, so um, but the, here are the times I remember. I, I can remember my dad going, man, I should beat your bottom right now. But I'm not going to. Don't do that anymore. That's ignorant. Don't be stupid. He'd get up and he'd say, now go to bed. And walk out of my room, shut the door lightly. And those same footsteps would go away, but they weren't near as intimidating. Why? Because he had shown grace. He had shown grace. Yeah, God, God, we will all be judged one day, but Jesus pioneered grace for us in the eyes of God. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Last thing, number seven. Jesus pioneered a way into our heart. Ephesians 3, 16 through 19. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp. Listen to this. How wide and long and how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Verse 17 right there says, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Romans 5.1 just taught us through faith in who? Jesus. We have been justified in the eyes of God through our faith in Jesus Christ. And now through that faith, we're at peace with God. Therefore, we've gained access into this grace in which we now stand through faith. Salvation is a faith issue. We've all been given our own faith. And I've got, I've got a list of people in my life right now that I've been praying for for years to just finally just turn their life over and say, you know what? These are very intelligent, smart people. But it's their faith. Man, if I could take their faith and put it in God form, you can't do that because it's your faith. God, if God made us love him, we would be robots. It wouldn't be love at all. If, 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 if my wife made me have date night, it wouldn't be a very fun date night. God, God, God says, here's your faith. Now you do with it what, where you put it, and, and he goes as far as to send his only son. He sets the plan up perfect so that we can spend eternity with him. He sets the plan up perfect. So the question is, have you put your faith in Jesus? Which then begs the question, are you at peace with God? Because they go in tandem. Are you at peace with God? Because the only way to do that is to have put your faith in Jesus. What a great day to do that. 10 years and counting. I love what Brian said. 10 years and counting on God. It's really cool. I wish you would have thought about that before we made the (laughs) t-shirts. Anyway, it's still pretty cool. Hey, do you need to know Jesus? What a great day. Would you bow your head all over this place? Nobody's moving around unless you have to. You say, Jason, that's me. I've never, I can't point to a place in time where I put my faith in Jesus. I don't know that I'm at peace with God. Or maybe you're sitting there and you're like, you know what? I know I'm not at peace with God. I know the way I'm living is wrong. I know that I'm, I've, I need to put my faith in I know that. If that's you, I want to pray with you and we want to get you some resource. But if that's you and you say, Jason, I need Jesus in my heart. I need to turn my life over to him. Would you just raise your hand long enough for me to see it? Put it right back down. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Thanks. Just put it right back down. That's awesome. Anyone else before we pray? 
If you raised your hand, I want you to pray this prayer with me and then go to the tent or the, or the table under the screen. Talk to somebody, get a Bible, get a devotion, but most importantly, pray this prayer with me. Father, thank you for loving me. Father, thank you that right now I'm sitting here and I, I feel your love. And so I receive your gift of salvation through Jesus. And I put my faith right now, my faith, no one else, I put my faith in Jesus Christ. And I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. I believe he lived a sinless life. I believe he was placed in a tomb. I believe he, he rose from that tomb on the third day. And I believe he's coming back for me one day. I believe that. It's coming to life in my heart right now. So thank you, God, for your love and your grace and your mercy. And thank you at this very moment. Your word says that I'm being made into a new creation. Things are going to begin to happen. Things are going to begin to change in my life because you are the X factor to change. God, give me the boldness to go out to the, uh, the East Lawn and get a Bible and a devotion or come up to under the screen and get a Bible. Give me the boldness to do that, God, that will help me through this week. But most of all, thank you, Lord, for saving me. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, listen.